0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, I know it's been a while since the last podcast and if you're wondering what happened then the answer is not really that complex but a very simple one which is, life got in the way. Yes, I've been a little busy so far and my life at the university has been nothing but a rollercoaster ride even when I'm sitting in my own room and not at my campus. But more on that for another podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, in December I had the privilege to host a webinar with today's guest. The credits for the opportunity goes to the president of the cell of my university, Mr. Rupancha Mukheja. Big shout out to cell and EICM UJ. Coming to the guest, he is an entrepreneur who, in the early stages of his college life, came across something as fascinating as a 3D printer and used the technology to build up a company which designs prosthetic equipments based on the same. They have designed the, f- w- the world's most functional mechanical prosthetic hand, and much more on the podcast. But before we start, I'd like to tell you a little incident that happened while recording the podcast with the guest. While recording, our internet connections hindered and we stopped midway. The conversation was moving ahead flawlessly when this incident happened and it was at that horrific moment when I thought to myself that after a few months of reporting back from our very busy guest, I lost my shot to record today's episode. But guys, our guest was so humble and down to earth that he himself requested to continue the podcast the very next day. This was a really inspiring moment for me when I learned about the true power of humility, empathy and how you can create an impact on someone which is by making them feel good about themselves. I felt relieved and relaxed when he asked me to reschedule. Now, here's a quote by Jay Shetty which made so much sense when this happened. The quote goes as People will forget what you say and do to them but they will never forget how you made them feel. Let that sink in. Today, I'll be in conversation with the founder and CEO of Builtover Technologies, Mr. Mananissar. He has won several awards which you can check out on his LinkedIn profile which I've linked down below. Awards like NDTV Smart 50 Contest Winners Award. Somewhere in the podcast, he touches a really useful piece of advice for the college students who will be sitting for placements in the third or fourth year. Saying that, this was the most important part of the conversation that we had today. But today with him, I'm going to be talking about how to encounter problems and solve and move ahead of problems that one faces while starting their own startup, leading a group. Being a follower in a particular group when you are in college as a student. Things like how to steer away or steer through the challenges that you face in your college life. Like working on a project with all your heart and soul and then falling in love and being distracted by it. The real solutions and not just surface level solutions. The real on-ground solution on how to tackle this problem. And many other problems too. We talk a little bit about spirituality, how I connected to him for this podcast, um, which was, again, I think a really good idea because the piece of advice that these uh, third and fourth year students will get, which is around the end of the podcast, is invaluable. This is something that I've never encountered in any YouTube video. It's very simple, but it's very powerful. So, ladies and gentlemen, sit down relax put on sunny earphones and enjoy the conversation bring to you manan welcome manan so how are you today
1: i'm good how are you i am enough
0: i am amazing i mean i just entered the first semester at MUJ, and it's going to be uh i don't know to
1: nice nice i'm sure it will go go well
0: okay um uh, i wanted to know how was your whole journey after you ended class 12th matlab i believe ki class 10th tak sabki journey more or less same hi hoti hai personal life ko agar hata diya jaye to 11th 12th mein hi the school ka prime time hota hai wo 11 12th mein hota that's the time when people learn a lot and that's the time when i learned right. a lot right? right so i wanted to know ki of course sure. you're an entrepreneur now yeah Is there any element jo 11th ya yeah, fir 12th class se aapne utha ke inspire hue subconsciously, maybe in your mind, which I want to know mm. a little bit
1: about that. Sure, sure, absolutely. I'll tell you, like, I think, like, you're absolutely right where 11th and 12th standard, uh, in a like, school environment in India specifically is uh, definitely a moment, like, where people uh, try to move towards a particular direction. Like, it's, like, that uh, unsaid thing, like, where, okay, like, you're making a choice even when you're, let's say, choosing the kind of uh, field that you're going to, whether it's commerce, whether it's non-medical, medical, uh, arts whatever field that you choose it's like kind of a life decision as like many people would say of course like later on in life you can change uh, courses and it's totally fine i like was going through the introduction of your channel and like i'm first of all i'm sorry i'm not a teenager <laughs> but <laughs> I really like the whole concept that you have there like where it's uh, to help people uh, understand the different perspectives from people who are doing different different things so like hats off to you f- for that initially thank you sir and, uh, like, for me particularly, I think uh, even before, like, 10th, 11th started uh, there was uh, this thing, like, uh, I think, like, a lot of schools, uh, so I did my schooling from Bal Bharati, Pitambura in Delhi, and okay. uh, had this concept of SUPW classes, like, where uh, for two hours in a week, you are supposed to do something creative. It could be arts and crafts, it could be music, dance, could be anything. So, in our school, they had this uh, particular uh, activity where you could mm-hmm. choose so me and a few friends were like quite interested and we joined that so for six years continuously like we kept uh learning how to like create circuits uh etch your own circuits like things that probably uh i mean in certain colleges also like it's not really a thing like on a practical scale you learn exactly. definitely if you're doing electronic engineering you'll be learning a lot about uh how uh like circuits really work but i mean when it comes to actually etching your own circuit or like putting components there or like soldering those particular components and creating uh, working circuits. It's something that like not even a lot of colleges have uh, as a curriculum in today's world. But uh, for like me, luckily, like that was uh, definitely there. And uh, that gave me like a good push in this particular field and created interest. So I I used to be like quite dynamic, like back in school used to try to learn and do different, different things. I was used to like play tennis, so I think like sports definitely helped uh, create a different kind of perspective in life as well. Like, because uh, when you're playing different kinds of sports the thought needs to run like really quickly, you have to make quicker decisions on an everyday basis. I, I used to play a lot of uh, online video games, uh, RuneScape, was the game that I used to play back then. So again, like that gives you a totally different perspective. So I was like quite dynamic that way. And I used to like enjoy studying math, science, uh, computer science, like these things. So that was like the basic uh, like mindset that I had. Eleventh, twelfth. Of course, I think like that's where you experiment. Uh, for me, I was uh, doing qu- quite well in terms of tennis around that time, so I continued that. And also, like uh, we had these uh, interzonal events, like for innovation uh, around that time. I think uh, in today's world, it's uh, even more emphasized. Like nowadays, school have like uh, any like many schools rather have uh, adult tinkering labs, uh, which are basically a government yeah. initiative. Where they have 3D printers and stuff like so. In our case, it was just creating smaller circuits. Nowadays, like you can create a proper product, like prototype, prototype or like an MVP or any thing mm. that you want to make. So it's like availability. Availability is like uh, overall better now. So for us, like 11, uh, 12, I, I focused a lot on like developing newer tech, uh, ranging from like silly things. Like for example, there was a thing called pen fight. Like, I, I, I don't know how relevant it is today. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is. So a, Yeah, me and a couple of my friends like developed a remote controlled pen, which could like rotate on its axis and also move around. So like, uh, for that particular game. So it was like a cool, funny thing that we did uh, through wow. the electronic studies that we had. And uh, on a more serious scale, we developed a mechanism where uh, it was called the automatic wash line, where let's say like if it rains in a particular area, the clothes which are drying outside in a big laundry would automatically go inside. So that was like the first few things that we developed and for the automatic washline and like a few added technologies to that house that we had created, uh, we received the first prize for like three to four years, continuously people were like, okay, like what is it? You're just doing the same thing over and over and over again and winning. So we tried to add like a new element every year and try to do something. So like these things were definitely in my mind when, i entered college and i was like okay i need to do something about it and uh, then i talked to a lot of people uh, in my first year and i came across like a lot of people who were like oh like you had electronics in your school you're very lucky and that like really hit me i was like okay like it's not just luck <laughs> what you were taught <clears> in school was uh, not enough to be able to do these things but it was the interest that i had but sure like i understood the fact that even that initial push that the school was able to give me was there because I had that option, like or else, like I would probably have chosen something else in that particular activity. So I felt it was quite necessary. So I started this uh, club in the college where I started educating people on basic electronics on a more practical, mm-hmm. like it didn't require anybody to know anything. It was just like how it was for me in school where I procured a lot of electronic components and it was not like a paid thing or anything. It was just like whoever wants to learn to develop. Circuits, like I tell them uh, and like make them go through the same path that I had gone through in order to learn uh, basic electronics. So that was, I think, like uh, one of the major uh, initial uh, motivation, like you said, uh, for me to get into the industry, like where we are working today. Yeah. So that's about it.
0: Wow. So I wanted to
1: ask you two things.
0: First of all, what's the timeline that you were talking about? What year was it when you entered your class 11th and 12th?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, I finished my twelfth standard in two thousand eleven. Okay,
0: and the next thing is I next thing that I wanted to ask you is a lot of people, just like myself, we face a lot of pressure from the parents to study right. for the IIT JEE classes right. for 11th and twelve. And because of that, I'm speaking on behalf of all the science students. Our social life it suffers a lot,
1: and <laughs> parents yeah. like, they
0: do not they do not believe in the aspect of keep social life hona or something. Right. So they are basically just study, study, study. Did that come in the way?
1: Yeah. So uh, for me personally, probably not so much. Like my parents were used to like, uh, so like initially I, like I used to study a lot, like every day when Mm -hmm. I was a kid, I'd come back from school, study for two, three hours. That was like something that I really enjoyed doing. And then after that I'd go out and play cricket, football, tennis, everything. So like I was able to manage my studies well and also like enjoy like life for me. Like that was like my social life. I really enjoyed playing all these sports. Uh Uh, But I totally understand when you talk about uh, how things change in 11th and 12th. For me, even my teachers used to be like, okay, Manan, now you've taken non-medical in 11th standard. When I used to go mm. for tennis practice, they'd be like, hey, you know what? Like Now you have to choose between tennis and uh, like studies. Same thing at my coaching center. Even I was studying for AI Triple So my coaching mm. guy, guy was like, hey, like you have good potential. Like just focus on studies, leave tennis for a bit, like don't go for tournaments and stuff. So uh, I understand that. But like for me, uh, the decision that I took personally was to try to manage both. I enjoyed playing tennis, so I didn't want to give that up. Also, like when it comes to uh, understanding and like, so for me, like studying is basically trying to understand something. Uh, If like you're not really taking anything back from it, like you're literally like wasting your time. So try and like whatever you're studying, try to understand it. Like if probably that particular thing uh, does not interest you, probably the whole uh, thought process that you've gone through while studying that will help you somewhere else. That analogy is going to be relevant elsewhere as you grow up in life. So that was the uh, mindset I had. But uh, when it comes to parental pressure, I think it happens. Sure. Uh, for me, luckily, my parents were like quite supportive with uh, what I was doing. Uh, for example, if I had a tennis match, let's say one day before the exam, I'd ask my mom, "Okay, like, uh, can I go for that?" And she'd not say no. Like she'd not say yes, of course. Like, but if I like try to back up, she'd like like be like, "Okay, mm-hmm. no, you know, try to." <laughs> uh, both situations so it was nice for me but i understand a lot of my friends for example like obviously faced this too like in a negative way where uh like they were not really uh, getting support from the family uh, when they wanted to do something i think that's fair but we have to understand like the thought process that your parents also have like where they're trying to care and like they want you to do well eventually so it's not bad but uh at the end of the day like i think it's a little bit on the individual as well like you need to give uh like enough confidence, like to, to your parents that, Hey, like, you know what, I can probably manage both, like, uh, try to get, get results in what you're doing. Uh, that's something that I always try to care for. Like uh, if let's say I want to do uh, something, let's say I want to go for a tennis tournament, so I'll work really hard in tennis too, so that like, I'm getting something out of it. Like, okay. Like I'm like, uh, reaching the semifinals, for example. So that's like an achievement. I haven't reached semifinals before. Right. So it's like, uh, you try to get good results. Like if you're enjoying the game to like enjoy it, like so that like you're really uh, in the right mindset, but at the same time also give decent results, uh, like in studies as well. Let's say if uh, your target uh, was let's say 95, you try Mm. and get 90 and also enjoy tennis. I think that's a fair trade. So Mm. be like you totally go off balance. So that's like Mm. the basic uh, mindset. Also, I think uh, a lot of uh, the problem that lies here is lack of communication i think uh, it's also important to talk it out with your parents and like your family about like uh, what is it that you that you want to do and like what is it that you uh, like are thinking so again i think this is a conversation not many uh, like kids have with their parents like very open like this is what i want to do and this is why i want to do it which uh, may result in like two different thoughts running in the same situation which are conflicting. So I think uh, one uh, honest way would be like uh, going uh, up and like and talking to them about it. And even if that fails, I think uh, it's it's it is definitely a tough situation. But then you like really have to try to manage both. So I like uh, one good example of that could be, for example, initially when uh, in our organization we were working in the dental space, which is which has a much bigger uh, market in general, like when it comes to the profits that we can make as an organization, I wanted to work in the field of prosthetics as well. And obviously mm-hmm. like, here, it's not about parental pressure, but about like the pressure that you have like uh, as an organization, the shareholders. And, mm-hmm. so I however, like wanted to work on the hand as well, but like, obviously my company wants me to work in the dental space. So I tried to take out time, the, the free time that I had, uh, like to chill, that, to actually put into prosthetics and try to understand that. And like there again, like once we started receiving good results. Like uh, it was easier to have that kind of communication with the shareholders. Hey, like, how about we take a pivot here? Like today we are working in that field. So uh, I think like that strategy, uh, like works Mm -hmm. the cases.
0: Well, um, uh, I kind of relate to whatever you said right now, because I started my tennis playing journey when I was in the 10th standard. (laughs) So I, yeah, I started my uh, playing tennis and I used to play like a lot. I used to also played on weekends and I wanted to go Mm -hmm. to tournaments but uh, as soon as the time came for me to enter these little uh, state tournaments or city tournaments or whatnot my 11th standard came Mm -hmm. and then my mom was like no no not at all Uh, go Mm -hmm. study Mm -hmm. so because I wasn't into tennis too much so you know I left it for that point of time but just like you had tennis I got a passion for something new which was public speaking.
1: Right. So in my 11th,
0: or 12th, yeah, in my 11th and 12th, I started uh, doing a lot of debates and model events. Mm-hmm. And then my, of course, my mother or my parents they did, did not like it much, but when I showed them results, when I brought these trophies, right. when, I, when I brought these medals, yeah. they are like, okay, chalo, theek hai. it's a skill. It's a soft skill that is really important in the 21st absolutely. century, Right. which absolutely brings me to your point to give uh, the parents some results. Right? right. So if you look at from a third, I believe if you look at from a third person's perspective, our, person, our parents have seen us grow from a little baby to yeah. whatever year you are, like 17, 18. Yeah. So all yeah. you've done till now, till this particular age is make mistakes and act like a loser. Absolutely. So in the eyes <laughs> of parents, of course you're adorable and whatnot, but yeah. you've been a failure. Until and yeah. unless you show them particular results, ki, okay, I want to do this with my life, and I'm not showing them the results, they're like, yeah, I didn't know you're just a failure. It will also go. So the important thing to do with your parents to convince them is to show them results. That is, that is something really amazing
1: that you said. Yeah. So I think like it's, yeah, it's also important, like, see, nobody hates an intelligent person, right? So like, it's like, if you, if today I say, Hey, you know what, I'm going to make a time machine, you're going to probably call me stupid. But if I tell you, Hey, you know what, these are the 10 steps in which I will be leading to, through that journey. That's a different uh, concept. Like where you're like, okay, like this is step one, step two, you build it through. So how do you do that? Like through communication and also having some plan in your mind. So if let's say mm. like a person uh, like who's 17 or 18 wants to talk to their parents about like let's say singing as a passion, and like they mm. like like just saying hey you know what I want to be a singer comes off comes across as like uh like a momentary thought like you said like which might go away after a while. But if you talk to them about like what is the thought process that you have behind like uh, getting through that and like how do you plan to achieve it like even results won't matter that much. Like they definitely, like how you said, like it's a like, really beautiful and like a very realist, uh, like idealist scenario where like, yeah, like you're able to get results. But I think if you want to pursue uh, like a particular field, probably results won't come immediately. And in that case, uh, having that co- conversation where you're talking about like why you are doing what you're doing and like what your plan is would also help like in, in the scenarios where you're not able to get early results, but you really, really want to go into that field sure sure and uh so okay
0: so 12th happened then you came to me jay then yeah. what happened after that did you straight away find people because i think when you enter a place the hardest part is the initial part like finding the right people so were there a lot of uh, hit and trials ki, okay i'll hang out with you okay i don't like you i'll hang out with you i don't like you and if a person does that a lot you start creating enemies too so how was it for you because i think you look like a person loves to try new things? Loves to try right. new
1: people. Talk to yeah. new people. Yeah, so sorry. I think, uh, yeah, like it, it is like uh, college life in general is like that. You'll go out, like meet uh, certain people. You'll probably uh, like hang out with them. Second year happens, like two things totally change because like the general trend of engineering here is where uh, like first uh, year is common for everybody. Second year onwards, like you have your own branches and everything. So I mean, like those things definitely huh. happen for me. Uh, incident like. Uh, Particularly, it was basically about uh, like understanding and uh, like getting to know. Okay, like there's something called an incubation center too. Like I ha- uh, happened to uh, like go to MUTBI, Manipal University Technology Business Incubator. and like I understood. Okay, there's something called uh-huh. entrepreneurship as well, and like I was quite uh, mm. interested in like the way that they handle things, but not too much. I was not never a, like more of a business person. But I really like how they were uh-huh. looking for ideas in the technological field. So uh, I met with a couple of people who were already uh, working uh, and like uh, having a business, like where they were uh, doing like T-shirt printing and magazine, uh, college uh-huh. magazine selling and stuff like that, where they were earning money. But they were uh-huh. missing that uh, technological component. So they uh, like talked uh-huh. to me and like we had a conversation. We decided, hey, you know what? How about like we try to create. Uh, IOT solutions, like which are now called IOT that time we mm-hmm. called them smart homes. Where create like okay. things which automate a particular house. So now like the term IOT has come, which is like more prominent, like not only for smart homes, but in general. So there was no categorization back then. So we started developing those, uh, showcase to the incubator and stuff. Then, uh, we came across the concept of CD printing. It was fairly new that time, 2000, I think five or eight was like when the pattern got open and, uh, This is like around the time of 2012, what I'm saying, where we decide, okay, you know what, like probably uh, 3D printing could be something, but we weren't really sure. So there were a couple of events that we went to. One particular event in Bangalore, I remember like where I was keen on giving a pitch on 3D printing, but my uh, partners were like not really sure of the idea and they were like, no, no, let's stick to smart home. So I like, unlike you, had no public speaking skills. I was like, okay, you know what, but still I'm going to give it a shot and uh, try to pitch 3D printing here on my own. And uh, on my way, I remember, like, I on the way, I made a presentation very basic just to talk about the concept and, like, because there was very less awareness of the whole 3D printing concept. And I did, like, a couple mm-hmm. of people were actually interested. But then uh, it was a totally new idea. They knew, like, there was not, nothing significant here. But the whole fact that, okay, they were interested uh, made us think, okay, like, maybe this is like a field where we could actually enter. So we started, uh, like, working towards that. Uh, long story where, like, we tried to uh, like make our first three D printer and eventually did, and got into three uh, D printing. One, a couple of events, uh, got a lot of uh, like introduction uh, like to relevant uh, like stakeholders and uh, industries as well, and were able to raise around to manufacture three D printer. So that was like the first venture that I did. Uh, Piltover started much later, like uh, probably after two two and a half years. But yeah, like that was like how we got to the first. There was nothing uh, 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 like, okay, like, you know what, like, you have this idea, this is the seed fund that we'll give you to create something. There was nothing like that. Even if there were policies like that, they weren't really uh, applicable on ground. Like, incubators were very limited. Uh, the kind of money organizations would give or uh, governments would give were negligible. Even if, like I said, they existed at policies, like, they were not really uh, executed uh, like the way they are today. Today it's like a totally different scenario. Like you have an idea, there are organizations who like straight up give you 50 lakhs if they like the idea, like without any uh, like collateral or anything of that sort. Like no loan, nothing. It's a grant. You like work. If you fail, it's totally fine. You like uh, yeah. You well, don't. You succeed, it's fine. Like uh, they'll like you have their name up there, like or like give it back as royalty. Certain don't even give it that, hmm. don't even give it back. And if you fail, it's totally fine, nothing. Like, you literally have to pay, like, nothing at all to those people. So, today, the kind of support that's there was unheard of uh, hat around, like, that time. But uh, now, it's not like that. I mean, it's much different. Okay.
0: So, uh, can I... I... Okay, let's dive deep into the networking yeah. part. All right. So I truly believe in widening your network. I truly believe in talking to a yeah. lot of people, like even my college also, everything is online mm-hmm. now, <laughs> but little by little, I'm trying to talk to the people from even the photography, right. BGMC department or the psychology right. department. Right. Because I just want to widen my own perspectives. Mm-hmm. All right. So I just want to talk. I just wanted to talk to you about how these hackathons, you went to yeah. these hackathons, you pitched, even though yeah. you failed. How did you maintain that integrity? Okay, today I failed here, but let me just reach out to this person. Let me just talk to you because a lot of people just shy away. Why would you talk to me? So I
1: think uh, here, like there's a particular learning that I have in life where I feel like when you have a problem, you don't talk it out. It's the natural trend. Uh, I don't know about like other countries, but in India for sure, I feel like part of it has to do with the education Mm. system too, where like it's quite resistant towards like Mm. the questions that like people might have because it's like, okay, uh, like you're a teacher, you've studied, a particular subject you're going to a class to teach and uh, like they have questions which like you've uh, probably uh, like you already know the answers to like you say it but if let's say there are questions which you don't know i i'm not sure like if a lot of teachers are are open-minded in a way where they're like okay you know what like I don't know the answer and like I'll tell you like teachers are supposed to know everything which is like in like is humanly not possible so I think it's a like huge gap yeah. and for the same reason like kids are scared to ask questions like they try not to they're like okay like i'll Try to like let that thought be in my mind forever for example if i ask you how medicine works in our body like you take a tablet how does it work like mm. how does that particular part of your body heal like that's a like simple question to ask <laughs> we all take medicines but like uh, again like uh yeah. an, an average uh, person like would not know like how that particular mes- medicine is working because we never ask those questions right so uh i like i i feel like here that gap is there where if we are facing an issue even in a venture that we have we are not looking out to seek help, even though there might be people who might be able to help us, but uh, we are not really uh, asking for help. We like feel like, okay, there's nobody out there who wants to help us. We forget that there could be collaborative ways in which uh, like when we are benefiting like from a particular solution, other people are too, or the simple fact that there might be nice people out there who would want to help people. So I think uh, it's important to ask for help and ask questions, uh, related to like things that we don't know, so uh, whether it's a venture or like a general thing that like we are trying to learn from, it's uh, crucial rather like than important. The fact that like you seek help and like uh, reach out to relevant people, and the way that you do it is by networking. Like you can't randomly sit at your house and be like, "Hey, I have this issue, and like it'll be solved." You need to go to a particular person. Just like let's say if you have a medical disease, you go to a doctor you have to reach out to the doctor. Mm-hmm. The doctor is not randomly coming to your house. Hey, are you okay? It doesn't work like that. So networking mm-hmm. is kind of the same where you like try to reach out to the right kind of people who you feel could help you. Talk to them about it. If they can't, it's totally fine. You come back and like, you do it again. You talked about events. I think it's, uh, again, an iterative process. Let's say today I'm going to an event to pitch and uh, I'm, let's say, mm-hmm. making spaceships. Uh, and the person like who's judging mm-hmm. me wants to see a submarine, right? So I'll go there and I will pitch. If they don't like my idea and I get kicked out, I don't need to be sad with the result. Rather, I think, I think, okay, like, yeah, I'm making a spaceship. They're looking for a submarine. It's a total mismatch. I come back and Mm -hmm. keep making my spaceship. I don't change it into a submarine, right? Like one event should not define whether like this is like what you're going to do or Mm -hmm. like what you're not going to do. Then in that case, you have chosen the wrong event to take part into. Second situation is whether I uh, like, let's say I'm making a spaceship and they're looking for a spaceship, but uh, the way that I communicated was not good enough. Then I come back, work on my communication. The next time I go to the event, I'll be able to do it better. And the third thing is basically, yeah, you're making a spaceship. They're looking for a spaceship. You communicated well and they still like uh, didn't take you Then it's fine. Then like, either there's an issue in the progress that you've been able to make, then you go back and make that progress or the person judging you is an absolute idiot which is also fine you come back and do the same mm. thing that you wanted to do anyway so the whole idea being you should have a fixed plan about like what you want to do uh, and how you want to grow rather than like just seeking out validation from these events so if you win or lose in, like win or lose an event it's not that big a deal in my opinion it's more of okay like uh, mm. finding the right connects through these events as well if you're able to and that is a win situation as well can i just dive dive a little bit deeper into the dynamics of
0: networking like okay this is an event suppose let me take an example of a hackathon all right so there comes an hackathon i pitch um i can i come third. suppose i come third now i want to network okay there are these people there are these judges ceos uh or the judges or investors or whatever when i reach this person after the event is over everything is a schedule when i reach Hmm. the person what, what do I talk to him? How do I talk to him? How do I approach him? What do I uh, say
1: again? Like, this is like, not my best suit, honestly speaking. I like, don't really like to network, but I uh-huh. think like for me, if I have to do it, I okay. just be like quite honest about it. Uh, because at the end of the day, like we're all human mm. beings, like trying to do our stuff and like, uh, nobody really hates helping other people out. Like probably some, for some people, it will be a monetary thing. Like for some people it will be a motivation thing, like where they want to do something for some people, mm. they want to do it for money and it's totally fine. I think like the important thing here is to like not <clears throat> get into those thoughts, but like simply go and like talk to them because if you don't talk, you'd never know. So just like <clears throat> uh, go out and like reach out <clears throat> to them and talk about like things that you want to like are very straightforward. I think that totally works out well. If it doesn't, then you need to look out for <clears throat> another person. And that's also totally fine.
0: Okay. And do you believe in not forcing uh... conversations? Like, okay if i am yeah. at this
1: event i don't necessarily have to yeah, go and talk absolutely. to the judges like I, there are events where like i didn't even talk to them and it's totally fine like where i felt like okay like a judge has given their uh, feedback to me uh, during like the question answer session i respect that and i come back there have been events mm-hmm. like where people have given me like in my opinion again like really stupid feedback and i never like bothered to get let that get into my head i just like went back worked harder like uh, gotten better so like I said, it's an iterative process. Uh, good feedback is, so anything that everybody's saying, you don't really quickly need to act on it. You let that thought come to your head. And like I said, you already have a plan. Like, you know what you're doing. You let that thought inside, you process it and you feel, okay, if this is relevant, you make it a part of your plan. If you feel it's not relevant, you just let it go. It's, it's that simple. It's like a simple thing. Like, uh, you don't have to like put too many thoughts into it. Just, uh, I mean, listen to what everybody's saying being receptive is extremely important because otherwise you're like missing out on like hmm. important feedback that people can give you but also be quite confident in rejecting a certain kind of feedback that you feel is not going be unbiased as much as possible for your own good if you like you totally love your idea or like totally have like a very strong thought about something like uh, that will also not solve your purpose because again like i said you'll be missing out on like a few additions which could make your idea even better so be open-minded uh, in terms of like the kind of uh, points that people put across, uh, because at the end of the day, like that's what you want to do. If like a particular element in your plan is uh, missing, uh, if you tend to ignore it today, two years down the line, it'll hit you, right? So might at the starting, mm-hmm. like be prepared for it. So yeah, I think like, it just comes down to that, uh, mm-hmm. like uh, be open to like re- like stuff that people are saying and. Uh, be also confident to like reject like some stuff like which people are telling you.
0: Okay. Amazing. You were talking about yeah, social sure. validation. So taking a plug from that, can we move on to the yeah. mindset? Now we all, uh, we all come across those inter- Instagram posts or LinkedIn yeah. posts or Twitter posts, you know, where these people, great people like uh, Robin Sharma, this Tony Robbins and a lot of people, they're just putting out posts, that, okay, be motivated, have mm-hmm. a great mindset. But what a lot of people don't realize is that the mindset yeah. of a child, a teenager and an right. adult are very different. And the transition from a teenager's mindset to an adult's mindset is again, a havoc and an earthquake that right. no one really addresses about. Okay. And also when the transition is happening from a teenager to an adult, you're, you're making, I won't go ahead and say a lot of major mm-hmm. decisions of your life, but decisions which sort of push you into the major aspects where you yeah. want to live your life. All right. And again, these uh, uh, having the perfect mindset during that duration is very difficult because again there is the hormonal factor mm-hmm. of the body changing. There's the surrounding, what kind of people you hang out with. Uh, if you are an introverted person, yeah. it's you know ten times more difficult to you to actually break out of that introverted mm-hmm. it and talk to new people. Do you have for anyone who's a really introverted person who's listening right now? Do you have any particular piece of advice for the, for the people who are transitioning from that phase? And also the biggest the biggest factor. Uh, falling in love thinking that you're liking someone and then dedicating all your time energy resources on that particular right. someone who may or may not even like you or right. not, this so, is a very
1: big sure I think like there are two parts of the question and like I, I'll like try to give my opinion on both. The first part like where you're talking about like a person being sure. introverted and like uh like not really wanting to or like having the confidence to talk to some other person like just on a general scale. I think like uh, what they need to think about is let's say if uh, I am an individual and like somebody else is approaching me. Let's say I'm an introvert like somebody else is approaching me and they ask me mm. a question, uh, like nobody would have an issue responding mm. to the question. Right. Uh, and like we don't feel that the person mm. who's approaching us is weird. We just feel like, yeah, okay. Like, like more of mm. like an open person, like trying to come and talk to us and like, we are okay, giving in a response, even if we are an introvert. So I think like we need to put mm. our sh- ourselves like in their shoes too. And like try to think of like how this is not an awkward situation. Like where it's totally fine to go out and like talk to people about anything random. So let's say if you're walking on the road, like some random guy comes and like talks to you, says, hey, you know what? Like, hey, uh, what's your name? Like, it's not an awkward thing to happen. So uh, you need to try to understand that uh, being an introvert, like uh, it's also like a situational thing where if like you are seeking some kind of knowledge or information that you need from some other person, it's totally cool to go get it. It does not change your personal characteristic so you need to try to think from the other perspective too so i think like uh, like i had mentioned like uh, about like when let's say if a person is an introvert i think the like thought process that they need to go through is the fact that they to understand if a random person comes to them and like approaches them and asks them a specific question uh, like they wouldn't probably mind answering that question it would be quite simple let's say if somebody uh, totally random walks to you and like asks you about your name or like Uh, asks you anything random for that matter, Uh, it would not be as awkward as we might uh, create that image in our head, okay, like if uh, me as a person is approaching somebody, it might be weird. It's generally not the uh, situation, unless uh, like, uh, it's like, it's a totally uh, weird uh, action point that we're looking for, like, which could be anything, let's say you're like, uh, doing something really stupid in that uh, uh, way. But I think... I believe you're trying to refer to
0: overthinking over here.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. I think like uh, part of the thought process, like of being an introvert, I think is uh, also like revolves around, uh, like you said, like overthinking uh, a particular situation. I think if uh, I think like the previous uh, reference that we had before this conversation was the fact that, uh, like, how do we actually reach out and like network with people? So I think here, uh, people should have like a clear mind and like clear understanding about the fact that what they want to know or, like, the reason that they want to interact has more weightage than, like, a what-if in their mind. So they should just, like, have, uh, give themselves that, like, momentary confidence and try it out for themselves. Because uh, I think uh, rather than having bad uh, experiences in the past, it's more of the social stigma that uh, revolves around, like, uh, let's say, going and interacting with a random individual that uh, stops them from actually doing it, so... I think people should try to experience it firsthand and like uh, give themselves that initial boost to be able to go and approach a person and like talk to them about uh, what they want to, even if let's say it's uh, about uh, getting some kind of help or like uh, asking them about something that they want to know. So I think it it should be uh, like a momentary motivation also would be able to change the mindset completely. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying like they need to change as a person, but. If let's say like they're seeking some kind of a network or some kind of help or like even just like a basic introduction, I think the best way to do it is just like going in, talking to that person like fearlessly. At least for the Mm -hmm. first. The second part of the question, like where, uh, like I I just want to know like what particular part of it do you want me to cover? So like if you could tell me. Okay,
0: so what what I exactly wanted to
1: ask you was, I have suppose there's this person. This person is driven.
0: This person is working towards a goal. Okay, yeah. Yeah, maybe towards a competition and they are in college right now. Okay, so the yeah. IITG, all of that, it's done. So now while working yeah. towards the goal, you find this person, you find them very attractive and now yeah. you can't just remove that thought out of your head. You're just thinking about the person, maybe I want to go talk to them today and the whole day spent about, okay, today I'm going to do this, I'm going to go talk to the person and then that does not happen, which ends, ends up ruining your whole day and the whole productivity and all the things that you wanted to do that day goes to the trash. Yeah, And it happens over a you know period of time. Yeah, And no matter how much you want, you just can't get out of
1: this situation. And this happens right. over and over again. Yeah, yeah. So I think, like, I totally understand, like, what do you mean? I think here again, like, the fact that, like, uh, people need to, like, go back to fundamental. Like, that's what I really love doing, like, no matter what the situation is. I uh-huh. totally understand the, like, preconceived notions that are out there and, like, totally understand that they're built on uh, certain experiences. But again, going to fundamentals, like, always really helps. So if there's a particular person that you really like, and uh, like, <laughs> it with the a situation that you uh, are not able to approach them, I, I would yeah. like give the same advice where uh, have that momentary confidence, like go and talk to that person, like, uh, like, see how it goes, if it goes, like, like you said, like goes totally bad uh, for you and stuff like that. So then uh, there's again, a fundamental question that you need to ask yourself, like, would you w- rather uh, want to like waste the next uh, few uh, months, weeks, years, like based on like, how involved, you have been with that particular person, uh, like then, uh, actually do something for yourself. I, I would, mm. say, uh, I, I mean, like, I know, uh, a lot of people like have this thing, like, where like, no, 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 like you should work really hard because then you will get that person. I think that mentality is kind of flawed, uh, more than like doing it for somebody else. You should do it for yourself. And, uh, rather than like uh, trying to prove something to somebody else, you need to take that, uh, like particular situation, accept it the way it is and then like move forward with it as like a complete human being. Like you need to uh, talk more about how, uh, like tell yourself more about how like uh, the goal that you're trying to achieve is important to you rather than the reason that you're trying to achieve the goal is because of somebody else. So I think uh, that clarity in your mindset uh, towards your goals in life uh, could could be like a career goal or could be some other like a skill that you're trying to achieve should uh, like, it should not be uh, bound to any of these situations. If obviously I think like, uh, given the situation that you mentioned, there could be certain uh, like moments of tilt. Uh, it's like a gaming term, which basically means like mm-hmm. emotional decisions continuously and, like falling into that spiral again and again. I think uh, the best way to get out of it is like having uh, a very uh, honest uh, view of things that are happening in your life with yourself rather than somebody else. I mean, <clears throat> talking to somebody else can help too. But uh, like I, I personally feel like having that kind of clarity by yourself would be the best way because, I mean, uh, you could trust yourself with the kind of thoughts that you have.
0: Wow, okay. I think what people can take away from this explanation is that if you're walking towards a goal and you fall in love with someone, you fall, you know, you're attracted or you're liking someone yeah. or whatnot, just treat it as a mini goal. Go and talk to that person. Ask, yeah. you know, questions to that person. Just end it right over there and there.
1: Yeah, I think like also like in certain scenarios, like what I uh, like think is basically like people trying to form a different image of a person, like if they haven't even talked to somebody and like, Oh Uh my God, I really love this person. I think that's not really how it works. Like uh, when you want to get involved with somebody, uh, I think it happens over time, like where you get to know them and like, uh, like Mm. that's where you say that like there is synergy, right? So when you talk to a person, like that's when you start getting to know them. Uh, Like, no matter how much you know about that person, I think, like, the moment you start talking to them, having conversations is, like, basically when you get to know them. So uh, if you're, like, uh, not really getting to that stage itself, is basically, like, when you're, like, in denial, like, okay, no, 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 the image that I have of that person is, like, uh, what is the reality? So, I mean, going to that person, like, would uh, clear a lot of doubts, um, like, in the situation as well.
0: Sure, because a lot of times what happens is, you like that person based on their looks, just just on their looks. Yeah. And uh, when you talk to them, they're like, "Okay,
1: I liked you until you open your mouth." <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure that, that happens to a lot of people.
0: Sure, I mean yeah. it has happened to me, so I know that very well. <laughs> anyway, right. um, so I want to talk to you about the advice that you gave to introverts, and yeah. I really think, okay, this is a street advice to anyone who's an introvert and who wants to talk to people. And yeah. so you can confirm if what I'm about to say is correct or not. To break yes. the ice, to break out of yeah. a nutshell, I think the best way is to ask for help. Yeah. Because when the, the moment the other person empathize, empathizes with you, yeah. that's the perfect way to lead a conversation. For example, I'm at a conference and I'm just too introverted. Mm-hmm. I just go to a person key. hey, can you tell me more about this uh, particular topic or this particular yeah. uh, particular thing about this particular guest? And yeah. from then on and on and on, you can just talk to the person and take conversation right. further.
1: No, absolutely. I think think, like, uh, yeah, it's like definitely if you look look at the human psychology part of it as well. uh, I mean, like when uh, a person knows about something, like they definitely want to talk more about it. So like they will be leading the conversation for you. But again, like uh, my intent here was to like say, you just like go ahead and talk like for your own self. And like, I mean, if an introvert person like goes to, let's say 20 people and actually pushes himself or herself like to talk to 20 other people, they will themselves realize that it's not that hard, like, as it might seem uh, with the, like, social, like, uh, norms that are going around about the same situation.
0: Hmm. All right. Now, um, talking about people, I'd love to, yeah. for a person who, who has led a lot of teams, you know, up till now in his life, I wanted to talk to you about how does working in a team makes a person different uh, from a leader's perspective and from a follower's perspective? Should you right. work in a team? Because a lot of people just want to work alone. I have an idea. I'll learn everything. It might take some more time, but I'll do it myself. What do you think about these things?
1: Right. So I think like, uh, I totally understand like that perspective too. like, I myself have been there where I'm like, uh-huh. okay, like, no, I, I don't trust anybody. I re- want to do everything by myself. And like, it's, it's a fair thought because like, you know, yourself and like, again, like, it's kind of the same as like what I said, where you trust your thoughts more than like anybody else's. Hmm. So, uh, it's important. Like, uh, however, uh, there are tasks, there are like uh, goals that like we set, which involve uh, multidisciplinary uh, skills that like are, are needed for that like the completion of that particular task. So it is very uh, difficult for a single individual to be able to do all of these things. Uh, now I'll try to like give both the perspectives and you know, like try to uh, like talk more about like what I mean by that. So uh, let's say like in today's scenario, like first of all, I'm I'm really lucky to have an amazing team, like uh, amazing people with. Uh, similar vision and goals and like Mm -hmm. make my job like 100 times easier uh, to say the least so uh, having uh, people around you like who have a similar mentality a similar vision uh, basically uh, pushes more and more thoughts uh, in a given problem statement that you have let's say if uh, you as an organization or you as a team are working towards a particular goal and like you obviously will be Uh, like coming across multiple problems that uh, would stop you from reaching your particular goal. So having like-minded people uh, or like people with similar intellect, at least, uh, like I think uh, personally think like it's really, really important, like uh, having the same kind of uh, like thoughts or like uh, discussions going around in a particular team to be able to find different kind of uh, solutions and then like trying to move forward with uh, the kind of solution that you uh, would seem like is the most efficient. Because oftentimes like, when you're alone working towards a particular goal, uh, your thought process is kind of restricted because I like to think that every human being is like a permutation and combination of the experiences and the thought processes that they've had uh, in their lives. So every person would have a slightly different uh, solution, even if it seems same on the like surface to a given problem. So having uh, multiple people gives those multiple perspectives. And hence, like if you're having a discussion about a particular problem, you might be able to get that slight uh, left or right turn to the solution that you were going to go initially, which probably could be the make or break situation for the organization or the goal that you're trying to reach.
0: Hmm. Okay. And uh, do you think that there's a timeline when a person should work alone? And when a person should Work in a different team, or we cannot just generalize these things.
1: Uh, I I don't know. For me, uh, I really loved working on in, initially. Uh, as mm-hmm. time progressed, I think like it was not a conscious thought that like mm-hmm. I want to work in a team, but like rather uh, it just happened. And like honestly, I'm like really happy with the way things are right now. Uh, eventually, however, like if you look at anything, like if you could tell me one single person like who has not worked with the team and like uh, been able to do great. I, I would be really surprised. I mean, you look at like the individual athletes, like talk about, let's say Roger Federer in tennis, like even uh, people who are playing individual sports have like a huge, uh, like, I, I mean, a group of people who actually uh, help them get there. So I think it, it is quite difficult uh, in my opinion, uh, like to be able to work towards a goal just by yourself. But yeah, like, I mean, if, if you could give me an example, I'd be really honest.
0: Okay. 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 I'm going to, I'm going to let that sink in. Cool. Got it. Okay. So we, we covered the working aspects um, of a person in a team. Now, what do you think about people, any person who wants to accomplish a goal, but wants to do it by himself or herself and, you know, uh, being um, a jack of all trades is basically being a master of none. What do you think right. about all of these
1: things? Like doing, a, I think doing all of things yeah. at once. What where does it lead you? I think it's not bad, honestly. I I don't think like it's as bad as like people make it sound like. Because uh-huh. uh, I mean, you talk about like a lot of uh like people who are managing organizations or projects yeah. or uh, any specific teams. Uh, honestly, I I personally feel it's really really important for them to be like a jack of all trades because if you're working with people with a different uh domains like different fields of domains and uh, like you you are supposed to like uh, manage that complete project or a team or an organization, it's, uh, it is, it uh, is in my opinion, quite crucial for you to understand the basics of uh, each and everything that's going on in the organization. Because uh, let's say like if, if uh, you're supposed to, uh, let's say, run a social media campaign, for example. Hmm. So let's say you, the kind of people that you're dealing with are people, let's say, for, from your domain, you're uh, dealing with people who are like, let's say, graphic designers, you're dealing with people who are video editors, let's say i have absolutely zero idea about any of these fields i think it will be much diff- much more difficult for me to be able to understand and have that kind of a communication to be able to lead such a uh, project than uh, like in comparison if i knew the basics of all of these things and like even if i know like a little bit less about managing people because the communication uh, like that i'm able to have with these variety of people would uh, automatically compensate for the like lack of managerial skills that I possess. So I think mm-hmm. uh, it makes your job much easier naturally, rather than like uh, let's say having uh, like a proficiency in one uh, particular domain and that that's it. I think like for managers specifically, people who are managing multiple people, I think having that jack of all trade, uh, like kind of a kind of an approach, uh, really uh, should like be a thing. Like in in my personal mm-hmm. opinion, after. There could be a dominant trait where like a particular uh, skill set that they have is dom- like, uh, is much better than the others, which like, uh, definitely helps them in that particular uh, task. But I think having uh, a better insight about what's uh, like going around you is definitely like what makes you a more uh, complete human being, in my opinion. Hmm.
0: So what you're trying to say, uh, and what I think what you're trying to say is yeah. from a manager's perspective, being a jack of all trades is really a necessity because you're dealing with event managers, graphic designers, uh, maybe programmers, and it's not necessary that you, you know, you'll have knowledge about all of these three domains. But, you know, if, since you're a jack of all trades, you have some idea about it. And the master oh, yeah. of one aspect of it can be managing all of these informations together
1: to, you know, conclude
0: at one project. Is that what you're trying to say?
1: In certain scenarios, yes, but I think like uh, more uh, like in uh, most of the cases, it's quite the opposite. I uh, I feel it's like okay. if today like, ha- I possess ten different skill sets, for me to manage ten professionals in those ten skill sets would be much easier because I I can communicate with each and every person there.
0: Hmm.
1: However, if I am like uh, really good at one particular skill set and I'm the manager and I'm supposed to deal with ten people out of which only one can relate to me. I think that's a difficult scenario. But then again, mm-hmm. that's why about things uh, probably like due to the experiences that I've had. Uh, I have like, uh, like I had mentioned yesterday, I've been uh, like trying out different, different, uh, like different domains, like the graphic designing, video editing, uh, mm-hmm. audio thing, like play tennis, uh, did like different, different things, IT, uh, electronics and stuff. So in like my day to day, like whatever work that I need to do, I think it gets much easier due to the past experiences that I've had. Rather than like, if I uh, was like uh, a straight up uh, only technical person, mm-hmm. it would have been difficult for me to let's say uh, communicate with people outside or like let's say uh, understand the concepts of let's say designing. Uh, when it comes to like uh, human psychology, when it uh, it comes to let's say social media marketing, these would be things which would be very alien to me and like talking to people outside who could do it for me uh, would be a huge, could be a huge communication gap. But again, like I totally understand people who uh, are specializing in one particular field and managing uh, like a wing of an organization for that particular aspect as well could work uh, well, in my opinion as well.
0: Got it. Got it. Yeah. Now, leading the conversation from a team's perspective to individualism, I want to talk to you yeah. about two things. Actually, I want to ask you two questions and straight up directly, okay? You can choose to answer one or both. So, Mm -hmm. on a spiritual mindset, lockdown has taught me that a person can grow to a larger extent and I, because of following this path, sorry, because of falling into the path of spirituality, I really believe in intuition. The reason I decided to connect Mm -hmm. to you, sir, is because I really think that I vibed with you. I connected to you on a spiritual level. I really think that my mindset is somewhere colliding with yours and it's just an intuition that's why i try to hmm. connect with you and that's i want Hmm. to ask you does spirituality play a role in your life when selecting team members do you do you go heart to heart with your intuition do i think should we trust our uh, intuition when we're transitioning from um teenage to
1: adult i I think uh, we should to some extent definitely like for me personally if you Ask me, uh, I definitely, uh, for me, like, skill is secondary, honestly speaking. It's more about the intent of a person. Like, if, uh, let's say today, there's a person, like, who really wants to make a difference in any particular domain in the world, I believe, like, if they uh, manage to put in the persistence and the hard work towards Mm -hmm. that particular goal, they should be able to achieve it, no matter the skill level. Absolutely. Like, I have never, like, before I actually started working in Piltover, like, work in the field of prosthetics, we Mm
0: -hmm. were able to,
1: like... World's most functional prosthetic, and it's uh, bizarre. Like, but it's also sad at the same time because there, are, like, so many professionals out there in the world who have like proficiency in the field of prosthetics, but they haven't really done anything about it. So here, like, I think like what differentiates them with like an individual, uh, like anybody from our team, for example, would be uh, the fact that like we have been very persistent trying to uh, like really understand and uh, find concepts which help us get to the goal that we want to. So uh, skill is very, very different uh, when it comes to, like than uh, like persistence and hard work that a person wants to. And I think persistent and hard work are things which are more of an intent thing where you want to do something. And that is uh, like got to do with the personality trait of a, or a character of a per- particular person. Skill is something You could develop over time. If you are part of a particular program or like uh, you're like naturally talented, that's I think uh, less of an intent, but more of an incident. That's there. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about uh, having that uh, same kind of a vibe with a person and uh, like a good particular vibe being in a team, I totally think uh, that kind of synergy is very essential. Having 10 uh, very skilled people in a team with absolute zero synergy would uh, definitely lead to failure. But uh, having, let's say, uh, like, let's say like skill level 10 is like what I'm talking about, 10 on 10. Uh, But let's say uh, people with skill level six to seven but great synergy together would be able to reap amazing results. That's Mm -hmm. again, like my view on things. And I definitely like uh, I'm quite conscious when it comes to uh, selecting people uh, in the team, like based on these particular characteristics.
0: Okay. Well, you used a word persistence over here. Now, since most of my audience falls into the age bracket of uh, 16 to 22, I want to clear the dictionary word for persistence because for you, persistence is different. And for the people who fall in the bracket of 16 to 22 are trying to right. crack some competitions, like to get into a university right. or maybe a right. particular classes or whatnot for, and right. most of them, most of them do not want to get into this. For example, me, I did not like science at all, but yet I studied for ITJ classes. I was mm-hmm. very persistent with my studies, but I was not persistent with what I was doing. You on the right. other hand, you were persistent with something that you love to do. Can you right. expand both of these things? Because people think, are confused. Yeah,
1: like, definitely, I think like the verb here is like kind of the same, but the like uh scenario in which it's plays is mm. very different, so uh, like when you're talking about like persistence uh like it, it like it has two meanings here, like when you like uh, the way that you mark both the situations in one case it's more of like a heavy lifting kind of a situation where you have to like work really really hard and be persistent and like try to achieve a particular goal. In the other case, like it's something that you like, like you said, like, I really love doing what I'm doing. And uh, persistence comes like from within, like, it's it's not like I have to make efforts to be persistent. It's something that I really love doing. So it's like a very smooth path. I think the uh, situation is what is different here, like in both the scenarios. And uh, I think like, it's not too bad being persistent towards certain times, like things that you don't really like, but feel like it could be a part of like what you want to achieve. So let's say If today, uh, I mean, for me, for example, like I was more of a tech person than a managerial person initially. So uh, for me, doing all the managerial tasks were not really that exciting. Like there's still times when I feel like, oh no, like why am I doing this? But at the end of the day, I know like doing that particular task would help achieve a bigger picture goal, which is something that I really like. So uh, being persistent even towards tasks, which you might not like, but could actually add up to your bigger picture, I think is uh, something that like, is totally fine. But yeah, I mean, I totally get like how the process of that is because uh, Mm. I find myself being there at times as well. But yeah, I uh, like having a bigger picture, like again, in this scenario, like is quite important. And I talked about like how communicating it with, let's say, even your parents or like friends, whoever, like you're talking to, like about life, uh, I think, uh, it, it all adds up, like having that kind of a thought process, like where you have thought things through, and then like, uh, it's fine, like you're doing something that you don't like, only for a, like, a particular phase, to be able to reach somewhere that you really want to be. I think that kind of persistence is not bad. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think?
0: I, I I love the explanation. And this is exactly what I was looking for subconsciously, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Okay. And I just asked you this question, because The people who are just think they have a lack of experience on a lot of things. Okay, they're just Mm -hmm. exposed to that particular competition right now. Once they get into college, they'll realize that there's a lot of options to explore and a lot of experiences to experience, and only then will they be able to set their own mindset. Okay. So, as you were talking about individuality, yeah. uh, What is your advice on like building and maintaining a public image and uh, building a personal brand? Because once you Uh, there's a difference that I, there's a subtle difference that I want to point out over here so that you can refine your answer. When you build a personal brand, it's basically over the internet where you have your own YouTube channel and Instagram page and whatever people view you through your screen. But when you maintain a public image it's basically you talking on a stage and live audience hearing it. You cannot cut and edit that part just like when you're doing a personal brand. Right. So that's how I want to talk to you about
1: so absolutely, I think like uh, like from like if I were to be a smart individual, I'd say like definitely it's really really important to have like a uh, good like personal brand and like have uh, a like good uh, like public image of like whatever it is that you're doing because it definitely helps the brand. But uh, like again, like when it comes to like my personal experience, I am not uh, too big a fan when it comes to things like these. I try uh-huh. to like stay as like natural and uh, impulsive like in terms of like whatever might happen. Uh, and, like, uh, think uh, at that particular point in time and then uh, do, like, what I feel is right than try to have, like, a, I mean, like, a perfect image out there. I think, uh, for me, the reason for that particular uh, decision that I took, like, in my life is basically I don't want, uh, like, anybody, like, like you said, like, the teenagers here, like, we are listening, like, 16 to 22, or, like, let's say, Mm -hmm. it's not even about age. It's just, like, somebody out there, like, would feel, okay, like, maybe this is the, way that you actually uh do well in life i i don't want to put out false uh examples of mm-hmm. like how uh, a particular person can reach a goal i think like uh being quite natural and like uh the way that things are uh would set better examples and like more realistic uh like make it easier for people to understand like how things can be done rather than like so i i'll just give you an example of that so mm-hmm. uh, there are like, a lot of uh like judging events like where people like uh like call uh, entrepreneurs or like uh, even like, I mean, other people is well, like people who are really skilled in a particular scenario. So uh, what I've often seen, like when I was a kid, uh, all these judges would come on stage and be like, Oh, it's a privilege to be here. And hmm. so. so I always wondered, like, how is that a privilege? Isn't that more of a responsibility? Yeah. So if, if let's say like, I'm really good at uh, 3d printing, right. And like, I'm invited for a particular event. I hmm. Feel like it's my responsibility. Like the organization who's calling me is calling me because I know this subject well, and they mm. have asked me to judge, like the panel of people, like where I need to put my best thoughts and try to find the like best, uh, like idea or like whatever, it, like the event is about, mm. to my best knowledge, and like that's mm. what they're trusting. Like if I go there as a privilege, it's more of like okay, I'm going there because I'm good, and that's that's irrelevant. Uh, they're, like there are like uh, probably twenty. Uh, participants out there who are actually trying to uh, portray something that they've really worked hard on, but uh, like you're going there as a privilege. So you're basically killing that particular point. So I feel again here, uh, me taking that conscious thought, like where no, like it's more of a responsibility rather than a privilege. It's it's, uh, a part of like the character that I want like to be there. It's like, uh, I don't want to maintain that high public figure, like where uh, it's I mean, like the whole branding thing. Like, I totally get it, and I totally understand, like, why it would work. Again, mm-hmm. it has to do a lot with human psychology. But like, I, I'm mm-hmm. like pretty happy with the way I am.
0: Okay, makes sense. So showcasing your faults will
1: help people relate to you more.
0: Is that yeah, what I you're think, trying
1: to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, uh, like me being a perfect uh, picture, like, would not really help other people do great things either, right? So like, mm-hmm. often, like again, when I was a kid. Uh, And I wanted to develop stuff like uh, the first thing that people would say, oh, you know what? There might be scientists out there trying to create amazing stuff. So the perfect picture of a scientist that I had in my mind was uh, a very old man with shabby hair wearing white coat in a lab, like running with test tubes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like that. It's it's basically if you want to do something in life, you like put your hard work into that particular situation, like you'd be able to get results. So uh, there's no like, uh, like virtual or imaginary scientists working on things uh, and like thinking exactly the same way that you're thinking about things. So if like uh, people out there have ideas that they want to pursue, I think like you should definitely give it a shot.
0: Okay, uh, so far I've loved the conversation. And uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna ask you one last uh, question that sure. I'm really you know, uh, curious about. And yeah. I really wanna know the real time perspective on it. Right. Can you talk to me about risks? And when I say risks, the college students will relate with me as uh, when I say these people in the third or fourth year, are you know, should they sit for placements or do they have an Mm -hmm. idea? They're working on it. It's going well, but they don't know where it will go. Right. Right. That
1: economic, Mm -hmm. uh, the finance perspective of the taking risk. What do you think about that? So basically, right. I think it's a very, very valid question and very apt as well. And like something that like uh, a lot of people would uh, rather relate to. So I think like there's a very logical uh, viewpoint on this particular scenario. I think, if let's say you're in your third and fourth year, like uh, you you have to make a tough call, like, okay, like whether you want to start uh, doing something that you uh, have an idea about or like whether it's like too late for that, like that's generally the uh, dilemma people are in. I think uh, like people have said it before, it's not too late, never too late. Uh, There are like things that you can try to do. But uh, rather than that, I think like uh, I had talked about like how it was very difficult, like for us initially to like get even the first funds to make the first 3D printer. But in today's world, like I said yesterday, it's like there are like tons and tons of government policies uh, where like governments are giving money to people to start their businesses. The reason for that, like, of course, like we keep hitting the government, like I have my moments too, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, we talk about how, why would any government want to see us grow, right? Why would anybody give us money to grow our business? The mm-hmm. reason, simple reason, like, it's important to understand why the government would do that is because let's say if there are a hundred people in the country Hmm. And uh, 80, 20 people out of them don't have a job, right? Hmm. The government can say, hey, you know what? You're not qualified enough. You're not good enough. You're not getting jobs.
0: Hmm. So
1: population increases to, let's say, 200. 120 people don't have the job. Government is like, hey, you know what? You're not good enough. Like, you're not getting the job. Hmm. Population increases 500 people. 420 people don't have a job. If the government gives the same reason, there'll be a social outburst. So that's like what the government is trying to prevent. If hmm. today I start my business, I hire 10 people. I'm solving eleven people unemployment like by yeah. just starting a business. That's exactly why the government is aiding you. So, mm. uh, like when it comes to venture capital, people like why are they giving you money because you'll give them returns. So now, like with a better like startup perspective that India has seen like over the past let's say six to seven years, I think it has become much easier for people to follow like what they want to uh, like coming up with schemes like Nidhi EIR is like one scheme that I can think of on top of my head which basically is like if you are in your third or se- uh, fourth year they pay you like a monthly stipend to be able to work on the idea that you have so i mean like government wow. and like nations are coming up with schemes like these which make it possible for you to like mitigate the risks that are there when you are in when you're uh, like in such a situation so i think in today's world it's uh, more about people taking those initiatives but uh, at the same time i think it, what is also important and like what also lacks in most of the places is the uh, kind of judgment that people put in uh, so mm. like when it comes to let's say uh, people starting up like and like uh, doing like thinking of some idea that they want to work on and like form like an organization based on so i i think like people have this like uh, basic mindset okay i need to get like funds i need to raise funds and stuff like that so i think uh, what you need to do however and let's say like uh, for that same reason like people tend to just like create presentations which are totally unrealistic so let's say today I come to you, I tell you, hey, Arnav, like, you know what, if you give me 10 bucks today, I'll give you 500 tomorrow. Okay. And I create like a business plan, which totally uh, kills it. And like, you, you totally love it. And you're like, you, you know, what? like this looks amazing and I'll give you the 10 bucks. But if it is not quite honest, the plan that I've made, the business plan that I've made is totally like false. Like I know it while I'm making it. It's hmm. not You get the money. That's not a win situation. You need to run that organization, sustain it. Right. Hmm. So, um, it's like you've been like really honest while uh, doing what you're doing very thoughtful at the same time just being honest doesn't help you need to like put extra thoughts criticize like whatever you're doing try to find out possible issues that can happen possible risks in the business in itself that can happen and try to figure those things out uh, and then you go and get those 10 bucks and like you say you know what i can make a 100 instead of 500 like which is totally unrealistic and mm. you find the right kind of investor for your business then you've like built yourself an organization mm. like just uh, putting out false business plans or like just giving uh, very unrealistic numbers. I don't think that's a win situation. That's just like you trying to push your failure like two years down the line, maybe
0: so, lying to yourself, uh, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's important. Like the, the 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 conversations that people have with others, like more than that, I think like uh, in today's world specifically, like where mm-hmm. we talked about like public branding and stuff. I think the kind of conversations people are having with themselves, where then being extremely honest to themselves and like uh, quite thoughtful about what they're doing in life is uh, extremely, extremely
0: important. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Um, and you mentioned about the Okay.
0: So to the people listening right now, sir, uh, mentioned a wonderful fact about the policies that the government is coming up. Just like you talked right. about Nidhi, the Nidhi program. Nidhi program Nidhi. Nidhi. Yeah. Okay. So the people who are in the third and fourth year right now, you just, you can just go ahead. search more about this policy. Search about yeah. uh, policies, which are similar
1: to this one and maybe yeah. make up a perfect decision, sir. Also has, has, yeah yeah I, I just want to so, add like like while they're at it like looking for uh like these kind of policies there they're like tons and tons of like uh, government uh incubators in each state for example Rajasthan if you are there like there's uh, Bahamasha techno hub uh, okay. like uh, I start like being one of the initiatives uh, if you are in manipal AICMUJ is wonderful like every state would have their own uh, either government funded or go- government supported uh, organizations or incubators who have these schemes, like running for you in each and every department. So like mm-hmm. before you feel like there's nobody out there who wants to help me, honestly, just Google it. Like you will you'll find tons and tons of options of like ways by which people can help you like financially, they can help you like get to the right kind of networks. And yeah, there are like, I can guarantee you 2021, there are like tons and tons of people out there who want you to run a business uh, like successfully more than you want to. So <laughs> sure, I mean, don't, don't be afraid, yeah.
0: Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Um, And if you're listening to this, guys, please just go out, do your research and do not restrict yourself to the people who are just around you. Internet is, is a vast space. Reach out to people. Search. Manan sir, this has been a pleasure. Uh, it, it's, it's been really insightful talking to you and I really mean it from the bottom of my heart because the last question that you me. just talked about, talking about the policies, I did not know about it. And I will definitely thank go you. and research about it because... I think I'll definitely be in the position uh, in the severe, you know, dangerous situation when I'll be selecting between looking for a job or doing my own thing. Thank you, sir. Thanks a lot. Uh, Thank thank you, Anup. Thanks a lot. Uh, Thanks a lot. Thank you.